Really does. Just yep. because the drone can go over yards and everything else, like finding, everything, right? right? Finding a dog, especially if you're in your car or walking, like the drone does both. Yeah, walk yep. into someone's yard, say you're looking for the dog. If you want to uh, check out something on the internet that'll blow your mind, if you miss um, what used to be McDonald's, we brought up the fact that my stepfather would buy the twenty-five cent uh, hamburgers, yeah, bring them home in two huge bags. He buy fifty of them, whatever he could buy. That's what we snacked on as kids. When those they'd have those days like once or twice a year. Oh, my buddy used to hate those for those uh, those cheap prices. I, mean, I feel like the the McDonald's. McDonald's at College Park, like when I was working at that liquor store, it was 24 hours. And they definitely, there was at least one day a week where the burgers were that uh-huh. cheap. So a man traveled to Adduck Island in Alaska, a okay. remote location. They used to have a McDonald's there, and it's been abandoned. But this is Alaska where prices were more expensive at the time. Yeah, of course. But no one has touched the interior of this McDonald's. There are still fake plastic plants. All the booze are there. The little gold ashtrays are still in there. That's what I want. Along with the white and brown salt and pepper shakers that used to be on every table. The place has been virtually untouched. What you don't want to see is the pictures he took of the prices of the food in Alaska. It was very high. Comparatively, yeah. One of the most more expensive McDonald's in the world. And still to this day, it looks like chump change compared to what we're paying now. Again, this McDonald's closed in 1994. So it's not like it's right, crazy, it's not from the 60s. crazy back in time. Uh, let's see what we got here. Oh, happiest city in America. Any ideas? Uh, is it a major city? Yeah, not really, no. I mean, oh. it's a, but it's a city. Is it like Scottsdale, something like that? The happiest city in America. Boulder. Fremont, California. All right. I thought it was ranked at the bottom of the list. Oh, wait. This list is going to kind of make you go, what? I don't understand. Okay. So here are the happiest cities. Number one is Fremont, California. Number two, Overland Park, Kansas. Okay. All right. San Jose comes up number three, probably based on the fact that you make a lot of money if you have to live there because there's no other way you can. Uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Ted. Yeah. Comes in at, about at, that. At, uh, number four. I know you didn't go there, but you're close yeah. enough, right? Yeah. We went to Milwaukee. Uh, number five, Urban, California. Or Irvine. Irvine. Yeah. Six is Honolulu, Hawaii. That makes sense. Okay. San Francisco, number seven. Number eight on the list. Pearl City, Hawaii. Come on, man. The one town in the United States that constantly gets voted for the worst of everything. The worst everything. But well, you say, can, it, it gets, it's dangerous, but you can still be happy. I uh, guess that's the, the criminals are smiling. They are happy to be there, but no one knows why. Right. Ted, your mom's stomping ground, Columbia, Maryland. Yep. Number nine. Yep. Number 10, Scottsdale, Arizona, where our own Mike Hawk is right now. He's right. A, the 10th happiest place in the U.S. as we speak. Scottsdale is great. The least I happy. I could use a Mick Ultra and a green tea uh, shooter and, right now. And a golf cart ride. Is that a real thing? Back to the Airbnb. Oh, yeah. Mick Ultra and green tea well, and it's a th- shooter. That's what. No, 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 no. We would order Mick Ultras. And then we're like, can we get a shot? She's like, green tea shots? We're like, sure. Okay. Yeah, All right. right thank you. It's thank Scottsdale. You. Hot chick says she makes the best green tea shot. You order it. Every hot chick at every bar makes the best. Okay. This yeah. is the best. I like this place. Yeah, exactly. The least happy cities in the U.S. Uh, Akron, Ohio. Yep. Mobile, Alabama. Oh, God, yeah. Jackson, Mississippi. Uh-huh. Toledo, Ohio. Yep. Huntington, West Virginia, which is last in emotional and physical well-being. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Shreveport, Louisiana. Birmingham, Alabama. Montgomery, Alabama. And the number one least happy city in the United States, based on community, environment, and all things in between, 
Once again, Cleveland, Ohio. Damn. Ohio wow. City. Come on, Cleveland. Also, You're doing better than also that. Also, Huntington, West Virginia is on the Ohio River. Basically, there is a bridge. The biggest suburb of Huntington is in Ohio. Okay. All right. Whole, like Covington. Yeah, with Cincinnati, yeah. like right, yeah. Kentucky. and Yeah. It explains itself. Exactly. Oh, well, I mean, look, I was saying when I was a kid, the farthest west I ever went was Ohio, just because we were at a baseball tournament in West Virginia and made a like, wrong left. And end up in Ohio, yeah. yeah. <laughs> On uh, March 4th, Oreo Cookies is releasing its latest new flavor. Okay. Dirt cake. Dirt. Oh, yeah. What like, is dirt cake? Like that little dessert you can get for like kids and stuff. It's like chocolate pudding. Like crumbled Oreos on top, and yeah, then they put like that. worms oh, in it. Down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like gummy worms in it. Ah, but I, other than the gummy worms, I'm in. I did not know it's called dirt cake, but I've certainly yeah. had that. Oh, yeah. that was a dirt cup. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> well, probably the same idea, just in an Oreo. I just remember, yeah, they sold them at restaurants. Kids, we loved them. IHOP and Lay's have teamed up with the creation of the new, again, IHOP and Lay's. Rudy Tooty Fresh and Fruity Potato Chip. No thanks. They're at Walmart for a limited time. I guess they are a... But the Rudy Tooty Fresh and Fruity has, like, <laughs> pancakes, like, egg, two eggs, like, I think two sausage links or bacon. Like, does the chip taste more like the sweet stuff or, like, right. the savory? The thing. They got sweet and savory. And, and don't try to make it both, man. Just don't. All right. I did read a, a review about the new hottest product that actually is legit on the different... Uh, the different flavor schemes that some do. All right. So Pringles has a new honey mustard chip. All right. And they say this is superior to the cheddar Pringles, which I think is pretty good. That's a bold statement to they're, say that. They're saying that this might be the best tasting flavored Pringle that they have put out. Period. I just don't eat Pringles. You ever had the uh, kettle chip? Their honey mu- Dijon mustard or whatever? That's got to be great. It's awesome. Yes, exactly. Speaking of foods, uh, yesterday... On the uh, program, we talked about some foods that we did not know that animals could probably die from or whatever. Oh, right. Things that are toxic to animals, yeah. we had no idea. Best for uh, human foods, talking about the fact that basically we got a conversation of flowers. Now I bought the wrong flowers. These flowers could kill my kill cat. The cat blah, right. blah, 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 blah. There are a ton of things that pet owners can do to make sure their dogs are happy and healthy. But one of the most important is feeding them delicious and nutritious foods. But on the other hand, not killing them. So that's these a strong thing. Yeah. Are the human foods that are both okay and off limits for dogs? I'll give you a few. Keep them away from chocolate. We all know that chocolate right. contains uh, theobromine, sure, caffeine. Sure. Dogs cannot metabolize those. So, as you know, chocolate not good for dogs. What is good? White rice. Yay! Well, especially if they are uh, eating the wrong foods or there's a change in diet, white rice settles the stomach. So that, I feel like that's true of everything. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say. I, Except I, birds, maybe. I do that to say. a human. That's what they say. Similar to humans. Dogs oh, do well okay. with white rice. I'm sure the dogs are super excited. Like, yeah, the thing that doesn't smell like anything. Here's a weird one. Uh, Can they have soy sauce? I think it's got probably too much salt for any human or dog. <laughs> I'm just saying. I feel bad for the I dog. It, I know. Do something. That's man. why you wake up at 2 a.m. and go, I'm thirsty. Avoid avocado at all costs. The most common reason experts tell people not to give their dogs avocado, it contains a fungicidal toxin called pearson and can cause vomiting, blockage in the heart, and then in their lives. And also you look very pretentious. Right. Your dog does not need avocado. Ted, you said goats don't like carrots. They say with dogs, keep the carrots coming. One of the best uh, foods to introduce to a dog's diet, Mm. uh, packed with vitamins, fiber, antioxidants, and more. Why ice cream is damaging for dogs, the same reason it's damaging for you, Steve. Lactose but, intolerance. But it's worse in dogs. 
So they say, look, if you're going to do anything, go with an ice cream substitute for pups. Typically, Frosty Paws. Oh, which, well, we Tigger used to eat those on his birthday. Which don't have dairy. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it solves the problem. They say pass the peanut butter. It is awesome for dogs, if in moderation. Uh, veterinarians recommend it. Also, it's easier for dogs to take medication. It, it, yes, and this is the guaranteed for good trick. on the peanut butter. Grapes and raisins, no go. Yep. Period. Kidney failure. Uh, untimely passing. I honestly did not know that. And no, my dog never actually ate the grapes. I just thought it's funny. Yeah. My dog doesn't yeah. want to eat grapes. Scrambled eggs, good. Okay. For dogs. Onions, bad. Uh, whether they are raw or cooked, they can do horrible things to dogs. Shrimp on the bobby, any kind of shrimp, good for dogs. Really? Just in small amounts. I'm not giving them shrimp. I was going to say that that's a that's a big stretch. It's good stretch. for metabolism, energy, blood circulation, bones. But if brain you mix function, it with the rice, right? Yeah, it sounds delicious. It's just not for the dog. <laughs> also, so a couple of shrimp, okay. Let them eat as much turkey as they want, as long as it's cooked. Okay, right? Right. that's good for dogs. Uh, lemons and limes, completely out. Vomiting, gastrointestinal issues. Uh, chop up some broccoli. That's good. Macadamia nuts, bad. Uh, one of the top human foods to avoid giving dogs a, with. That might be the worst one. Really? The macadamia nut. Blueberries are great, just like your daughter. They help dogs lose weight. <laughs> just like my stomach. daughter. I'll tell her that tonight, baby. Uh, Ted, you the cinnamon, cinnamon challenge with Kid Rock. Yeah. If your dog eats cinnamon, dog might die. Uh, choke and prevent them from breathing. Not only that, uh, it causes all kinds of other problems. Salmon. Make salmon for good. your dog if you got that kind of cash. Garlic won't do your dog any good, but cheese is all good. Okay. All That's right. actually good to know. Yes. Most of those things are in my home. We do have your headlines uh, coming up at 5.50. In the meantime, it's going to contest on the line for Profile This at 206-803-ROCK. Ten of we made it to Dragon Time. Somebody out there deserves to be recognized. And the men's room knows just who it is. So to you, we say, bottoms up, sailor. You're the toast of our shot of the day. Drink time it is, and as usual, we hit to see drink desk and Steve throw hill to find out who we're toasting. Yes, indeed, and we had a shot lined up for today, but sometimes things happen, and in this case, the thing that happened is the death of comedian Richard Lewis. He died at the age of 76 years old, and as they say, he passed away peacefully at his home in L.A. last night. After suffering a heart attack, so I don't know exactly how peaceful it was, but uh, either way, yeah, he passed away last night. Now, keep in mind, last April, he did reveal on social media that he'd been diagnosed with Parkinson's and he'd undergone multiple surgeries for other issues over the last three years. For the most part, he tried to keep it under wraps, but his card was called last night and uh, he ended up dying. Now, he has been on Curb Your Enthusiasm since 2000. Think about that. I assume he was on the first couple of years, the first year. He was on the first couple of years, but yeah. he and Larry David have been super close friends, the, the main star of Curb Your Enthusiasm, to the point that I did not know this before today. They were born three days apart, no big deal, at the same hospital, and have pretty much known each other throughout childhood. Where are they from? Queens? Uh, they're New York like guys. That. They're definitely New York guys. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like uh, Larry David, who knew him best and knew him long enough, probably did the best job of eulogizing him in a quick way. It says, Rich and I were born three days apart in the same hospital. And for most of my life, he's been like a brother to me. He had that rare combination of being the funniest person and also the sweetest. But today he made me sob. And for that, 
I will never forgive him. A very Larry, Larry David <laughs> kind awesome. of thing to say. It is, man. It's the right tribute. But uh, yeah, Miles, you had the opportunity to interview him back in the day, and I've known that for a while. You've never had one negative thing to say about him. Awesome. Yeah, like, as far as meeting him in person. Uh, they had all these stipulations, everything that you could not do or talk about with the uh, publicist stuff. Right. Not, they not, tell you everything you can't just do. Just before you get there, two or three days, they give you a list of things. So we prefer you talk about this, this, that, and the other. Please don't touch this. Also know about Richard. He's a germaphobe. He won't shake your hand. Uh, no pictures. Blah, blah, blah. He walks in the studio. The first thing he did, he extends his hand. And I'm like, this is a setup. Right. So I reach out for his hand. He pulls me in, gives me the dude shoulder hug. Right. And he's like, man, really happy to be here, man. Love Baltimore. Great city. We're going to have a great show tonight, man. And he sat down. And I mean, every once in a while with a comedian, they're either the best on the air or they just suck. Right. Craig Gass comes in here. He kills awesome. it. Some some comedians come in. They don't translate as well as their stand up. Uh-huh. Richard Lewis. Unless you have just, dirt on him. Richard Lewis could just sit there and have a conversation that had nothing to do with his stand up and be funnier about just the basic conversation. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, okay, so you can only have Richard 15 minutes. He stayed for 45. Yeah, and he was a funny guy. And he, There's a lot of really good comedians who have great acts, but they're not, they're not funny. They're yeah. not funny in yeah. person. Yeah. And he had great stories about yeah. being in Baltimore growing you know, when he grew up and he was on tour and like he did not want to leave. And it, it, there was a point where we're thinking, is he just gonna stay? And then eventually The publicist yank you out. Come, right. That is basically what happened. Door opens up, Richard's gotta go. I mean, dude, it's eight thirty mark. He's gotta go to bed. <laughs> right. He, he, he's got two shows tonight, so there we go. Yeah, but uh so yeah, uh farewell to him, man. But but been a stalwart, been a mainstay uh for what, probably four decades? Yep. That I can think of. Uh so here's to him, man. Uh, we pour this booze and we drink this booze because we think it's yummy. Yummy. So over the tongue and down the throat to party in our tummies. Down the hola, bitchola. The Men's Room presents Profile This. And Steve, throw a hook at you, please, everyone, how Profile This is played. I sure can, Miles. It's a simple game where we share with you a real-life news story, something that happened right here on planet Earth. Earth, 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 Earth. And as you listen to the story, based on the stereotypes you believe to be true of people and the decisions that people make, we'll ask you what it is you think makes the story a story. Hello, Geraldine. Welcome to the men's room. Hey. Hola. Hi, Geraldine. You understand how this year game is played? Yes. Fantastic. You have your choice today of one of three categories. We offer you the wonderful world of drugs. We have bite me. In other words, what did someone find in their food? And finally, interior decorating, where you guess the foreign object that ended up on the inside of someone. Let's go with drugs. All right. I think the two of us will get along. All right, here's your story. A Florida man who stashed drugs in a Walton County patrol car during a drug arrest in Marna's Anus has been sentenced to seven years in prison. Now, the sheriff's office announced the sentencing of 33-year-old Robert Whitaker. The incident happened last February when deputies searched Whitaker's home. Now, Whitaker, who was on probation for drug charges, he was arrested and taken to jail. Quote, once out of jail, a cavity search was being conducted when something fell out of his anus. Now, deputies later learned that Whitaker stashed a large quantity of drugs under the rear seat of the patrol car while he was being taken to jail. In a dash cam video, they confirmed that while handcuffed, he reached into his butt, removed plastic bags, and then stuffed them 
into the area where the seatbelt goes into the plastic molding of the seat. Now, the patrol car was immediately secured, searched, and found to contain approximately 32 grams of fentanyl under the rear seat once the seat had been removed. Now, he was charged with trafficking drugs, which is, in fact, a felony violation of probation, introducing contraband into a jail facility and tampering with evidence and, of course, drug paraphernalia. Now, the question is, in addition to the fentanyl, what drug was he stashing in his butt? Was it heroin, cocaine, more fentanyl, or meth? So heroin, cocaine, fentanyl, or meth, what did my man try to hide in his butt when he got to jail? Well, I'm thinking meth, but what is what does Ted think? I'm with you, right? He already got caught with fentanyl. Correct. He's got meth too. Ted goes meth. Geraldine goes meth. I'm on the meth train. The meth I'm train. Gonna, I'm going to join you guys. Three-way meth train. And uh, Geraldine, this is kind of like a double dip category. You got uh, drugs and kind of interior decorating. I had to figure out which yeah, side this was on, but I'm yeah, like, what? it's probably obviously yeah. hidden in his butt, so let's go with drugs. So what was in the shoot there? Was it heroin, coke, fentanyl, or meth? We'll find out next. That was a tease. 9 KISW. We return to the men's room with Miles and Thrill. All right, category is uh, drugs or, I don't know, maybe interior decorating on profile this. Florida man, he stashed drugs into a patrol. Patrol car, uh, he pulled them out of his backside mm-hmm. and basically stashed some drugs underneath the seat. <laughs> yes. But he had additional, I guess that was fentanyl. Yeah, he stuffed the fentanyl in so, the car's seat. So yes. he had that on him. I don't know if it was in him or on him, but either way, he had drugs in him when they tried to book him. Question is, did he have heroin, cocaine, fentanyl, or meth? And Geraldine, that is the very question that we posed to you. And uh, you guys went for the clean sweep, or as Miles and Ted would see this, the Devil's Three-Way. The two of them and you. But you all agreed that it was, in fact, methamphetamine. Oh, oh really? Yeah. It was not meth? No, it was, in fact, more fentanyl. More right. fentanyl. Yeah, so his charges went up as a result. I just so, assumed he was doing, like, the cheap version of a speedball. I think what happened, best I can tell, so they said when they looked at the uh, the video footage from inside of the car, they saw him reaching into his butt and trying to pull the crap out and stuff it down in the seat. Not saying I wouldn't do the same thing. I don't, I think he did not realize he did not get it all out. Okay. Because he put, a, I mean, an exorbitant amount of money worth of fentanyl down in the cop seat, and it was one baggie of fentanyl when they got to prison. So I don't even think he was trying to take it in there. I think it's one of those deals. He thought he got it all, but when they actually do the cavity search, it fell out. And I think he's like, oh, man, that's it. And they're like, dude, come on, man. Dude, I would give every, every gymnast that does the balance beam fentanyl. Because I've seen dudes on the side of the road that look like they're going to fall over, and they're on fentanyl, but somehow they maintain the balance. an amazing yeah. amount of balance. <laughs> so you know, oh, if you were a gymnastics coach. Yes. I mean, if I'm on that, that beam. Relax a little and keep your balance. You can bend over all you want. I've been there boozing, too. You're not, not going to take a header. I, mean, I, I have, too. I feel like with booze, you're still more prone to finally lose the fight to gravity, where I watch heroin and fentanyl, guys. I'm like, you're standing up. Your head is down almost between your knees. You are unconscious. You've not fallen. And you will not fall over. It is amazing. It is crazy. It is. I'm just like, dude, you're going to... No, you're okay. And he's back. <laughs> now for all TV news all the time, it is time for TV Time with Ted. And now, because your pathetic life is confined to countless hours in front of a talking box, the Men's Room presents TV Time with Ted. Ah. Uh, all right, we we 
thrilled at the shot of the day, but obviously you're talking a little bit more about Richard Lewis passing away. Uh, I, you know what? At this point, I think Curb might have been his biggest claim to fame. I mean, he's in, he was in a bunch of movies, right? Like he was, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Robin Hood Men in Tights. Mm-hmm. That's what I remember him from. He was in Leaving Las Vegas. He's been in a bunch of other stuff, but he's also just been like such a main mainstay on the comedy scene. You got used to him, and he's always kind of had that little bit of a biting thing. Always. and But he's also been super open about drugs and booze and this and that. So then when you saw him on Curb, it was almost cooler because it was like, oh, that's just kind of him. Yeah, they said it was semi-autobiographical. Uh, and, and I do think with Curb, right, you could be a stand-up comic forever, right? Look, Eddie Murphy was a stand-up comic forever. My kids know him as Donkey. So I even think with, like, Richard Lewis, like, man, you did this show where you're a stalwart, you're there for... Jesus Christ, 24 years. He's in their final uh, season they're doing. So a lot of people have probably heard your name at least go, okay, that's the guy, but they kind of get to know you. But he also, right, he was on the first the first season, and then the 12th final season, because uh, it started in 1999, Jesus. premiered back in February. I also just want to read this quote real quick. Uh, this is him talking about Larry David. Can't tell you how loving he is. He is the best friend you could ever imagine. The show gives me another vehicle to express my feelings to Larry because we are the oldest of friends. And I did look it up. They are from Brooklyn. It is Brooklyn. Like, right? I knew they were both New York guys. Yeah, I think that's clear. Also, a number of, back to the stand-up thing, a number of comedians who never thought they could do comedy were inspired by Richard Lewis. So Because they were angrier than they were, quote-unquote, funny. The dark aspect of, well, comedy is dark. First of all, so you're trying to do something to get out of that. Most right. comedians come from a dark place. That sure. place, right? So Richard Belsner, uh, he, he, Richard Lewis, one of his idols. I can believe uh, it. Mitch, Mitch, <laughs> I mean, you could definitely see that connection. <laughs> Mitch Hedberg, like when he went on TV and did this, his uh, shtick. You know, there were a number of people who were like, "Well, most comedians come out and do one-liners or do stories or you know do all this stuff." But you know, I'm in a dark place, and he made dark funny, and that's where I'm at. And that's what I want to do. So a number of guys that just, you know, even on stand-up. No, that's huge. The fact that he opened up that window of like, oh, I can talk about messed up stuff, but as long as I bring it funny. make it funny, yeah. Make it funny. I can do it. Yeah, right. And and that's the main thing. And there is, I mean, look, there's comedians, there's shows. I mean, especially, you, you really see it in TV shows sometimes, too. But then there's also, like, I think dark comedies that are evil but are supposed to still be funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. like some of those shows, and I like some of these shows, right? But I'm just like, look, like that show I was watching, Nortsmen or whatever. It's a comedy of how... It's dark. Right. About Vikings. So there's still a lot right. of like Raping, murder. pillaging. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. all this terrible stuff. What, the comedy, but it is funny. The comedy here in Seattle, Ted, that you turned me on to. Oh, uh, Loudermilk. That's another one. Co- correct. I mean, that's that's Richard Lewis. Yeah, that's right. That and you're is right, Richard Lewis. And it's hilarious, but it is it is pretty dark. Yeah, or did, me. <laughs> did you finish that <laughs> one yet? No, because let's just say that I was borrowing someone's services, uh-huh. and then I got called out by the hey, uh, we just texted you a code, and I went ah, that number went to someone. Let me else. ask you this: Was it still mine? No. Okay. I know for a football event that may or may not have happened for not the no, Super Bowl, no, but no, leading no. up to no. it. My wife's like, "Hey, and Miles is uh, he's texting me. Also, I got to give him the info." I don't have HBO, so I right. really want to watch Curb. There's a number of these where I just got to sit down and go, "Okay, is this I got to start watching Curb again because I have HBO. I just kind of I don't know, just fell off with it a few years ago, 
And I, I'm like, oh, I got to go back and, and catch up. What? But I, I'm not sure what season I left off Okay, on. well, so apparently the previous season, uh, he is he is in it, but he's also still sick. Okay. So a lot of his Yeah, he are, was sick during the filming so of the I, previous I, season. I haven't seen that either. So I, I, I've got to catch up on one and a half or whatever. But I love Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, and uh, I was going to say, Super Dave Osborne, he'd already passed away. Which sucks. Yeah. That that's was a, another great guy. Yeah. Larry, Larry's the only one left. Uh, uh, somebody here, by the way, says that Norseman show is hilarious. And did you notice that Rufus, I have not seen the show, but Rufus is also in the movie Oppenheimer. I have not seen Oppenheimer. I, See, I, need to I watch, watch <laughs> Viking comedies. I don't watch blockbusters. Yeah. Does Oppenheimer yeah. count as a blockbuster? It's yes. a massive movie, yeah. but it's it serious. Huge. I it, just like when I when I hear like summer blockbuster, I think something fun like Barbie. Right, exactly. I, I think the difference with Oppenheimer, it's one of the few quote unquote serious movies. It, uh, it, it can't really be a comedy that's also nominated or that people actually liked and is also nominated, you know, for best. And movie. if you liked Oppenheimer and you like uh what's it, Cillian Murphy, the Cillian actor? Mur- yeah. Like uh Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders is awesome. And also, if you're old enough to remember the origins of cable shows. All right. Then you're old. You are old. And Super Dave Osborne had one of the back to HBO. He had one of the earliest yes. uh shows, 30 minutes, where he would try to do stunts, <laughs> and he was basically the evil Knievel who failed. Or so, we know him as Evil Knievel. So he looked like he he died on every single thing he did, but he'd pop up and he was okay, and he did his thing. And it wasn't until Curb realized he's he's not Dave Osborne. That's like a right. character. You know, it's Bob Einstein. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm, and when I was a kid, Super Dave was awesome. Again, my I, my mom, one of my mom's sisters had HBO. Yeah, but that was like a thing. Like we wanted to go over and watch that, and then also. He would show up on like the Tonight Show and stuff, and just Letterman. Yeah, all I the feel time. like he even maybe had like Saturday evening, like special events or something. Because like, there's no way as a kid I was watching the Tonight Show every night. But I'm like, right. Super Dave, I just was awesome. And then yeah, when I first started watching Curb Your Enthusiasm, I'm like, holy yes, it's Super Dave. <laughs> also, all these guys are in their seventies. You know, Ted Danson shows up. Yep, yep. All, all these people are, you know, they're getting up there. I mean. You said three days difference between so Larry David is seventy six. Yeah, so all these guys are. I know oh, it's yeah. last season, but still, yeah, those characters. Not yeah. a lot of young characters on that show. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right, have you guys ever watched uh, Moonshiners? Moonshiners. Uh, I've yep. seen bits yep. and pieces. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, so like right, like it started out there was like Tim and Tickle, mm-hmm. and that you know they're moonshining and stuff. But lately they've been doing some like different episodes where the guys are just talking about stuff. Like, that's where I learned all that stuff about the, about Pappy Van Winkle, Pappy Gate. Okay. And this and that. That's where they they stole all that crap. Correct. So, they had an episode last night I was watching. Do you know the term? I uh, skirted it up. Do you know where the real McCoy comes from? Uh, Mingo County, West Virginia, Hatfields and McCoys. No. Jesus. One of the original Rub Runners, his last name was McCoy. And he was a guy that built boats and stuff. When Prohibition shows up, he's running rum from uh, Nassau, the, the Bahamas, yeah. up to New Jersey. Then he finds an island up in, uh, in Canada. But back then, the rules were like, basically like, what's it, a mile and a half or two miles off the coast, you're in international, international waters. Yeah. And he would hire other, you know, uh, from his bigger ship, he would hire other smaller boats to go in and drop the stuff off. Now, here's, but that's how, he was famous because... He didn't cheat people, right? And he didn't cut the product. 
So that's where the term the real McCoy comes from. It's not no cut. It's because okay. no during Prohibition, if you actually had good whiskey or something that hadn't been cut with other crap, you knew you were drinking the real McCoy. So I wonder if you're going to... If you go to Nova Scotia in, in, in Newfoundland... Newfoundland, that's where... Do, do, do they still... Do they stock... Like, in Seattle, rum is an afterthought. Right. Correct. Because we're not... It, it's a warm weather drink, right? So we don't, we don't... Bacardi, whatever. But if you go to Florida... Rum you, is everything. Yes. It's like the whiskey selection here or the tequila selection here. Yeah. Rum is a big deal there. And they geek out on rum. Which is cool because it's a different beverage. I've never I bet had you a bad it is hot. New, think about it. We come from the East Coast. Baltimore, it's hot in summer, but it's also miserably cold in winter all four seasons, right? But rum is still a huge drink. So, so like, I think if you're East Coast and the Caribbean supplied you with you, your probe, because I think we right. got more rum during Prohibition than we probably even did whiskey. So that was a massive sure. thing, right? And then. Uh, what's it like? They need to figure out like ways to like you know kind of resupply and everything. But obviously they can't dock in New Jersey because the the cops and the officials they know that he's doing this, sure. but he's far enough out there. Nothing he can do, right? So he's he literally is kind of famous because he's considered the gentleman. Kind of like I'm trying to think, almost like those guys back in the day in Boston who were like kind of breaking the law, throwing tea in the harbor and stuff. But so they're he's, trying to keep the the still right. The he's like a gentleman about it, yeah. right? Doesn't cheat anybody. There's right. there's no violence in this and that. But eventually, prohibition is not working. He finds this place up in Canada. Now they've got whiskey. They're they're bringing it all in, and then this will blow your mind. After uh, what's it? World War One. This is when kind of this, this is why I think prohibition doesn't work for anything. Uh, these boats come back, and they're like, all right, now these boats are for the Coast Guard. They expand the zone on how far out the Coast Guard can do. And now these boats are armed with fellas that have been in war. So they can do this. Right. That's how they finally catch them is they, they have a gun a gunboat shooting at them. But it really, once they get them, they only make them do like nine months or whatever. But that's when it flips. Because now they're shooting at them. So then all of a sudden you get all these gangsters getting involved. Yeah, people are going to fight yeah. back. Right. So he, like was, a- he was kind of doing it like, it, look, it does, it's not right to break the rules, but he was doing it kind of evenly, right? Like, I'm, I'm just skirting them. But once you get that, then you get, you know, your Al Capone. You get all these gangsters involved. Now there's gunfights and this and that. But I, I just thought that was amazing. Because everything's like, the real McCoy. Ted, you're yeah. right about one thing, and, and, I will say, and I'll argue this to let die. Like, Prohibition does not work on anything. That's what, right. And we get that. Sensible people get that. It doesn't mean you should okay everything. Not that. Prohibition doesn't work. Uh, But we both know prohibition is not about the safety of your civilian people. It it sounds That ain't why it's uh, there. This this, uh, flag means death, that show, it's almost like a real life version of that, which is actually based on a true story. Yeah, I was just blown away. Because, I mean, whether, I mean, look, even if you. Get a Mexican Coke, right? More than likely, you'll take a sip and go, ah, the real McCoy. Yeah, right. Like, so just, I, you know me, I just geek out on that stuff. And also, I just love the idea. This guy's like, hey, look, I just, I'm skirting the rules, but I'm a little I'm bit a of a gentleman. gentleman about it. I'm a gentleman. I'm still the best businessman you can deal with. Yeah, and it also shows, too, like when he got that much bigger, right? Because you get money, you're going to want more money. So it's funny watching these moonshining guys like Tim, I forget his company, but his is, his is legal now. And they're like, there's some of these other moonshiners that are like, you kind of learn from that stuff. So they're like, we we do we make a living. We enjoy it. We we don't need to run. You know, we don't need to be the biggest whiskey people in sure, all of sure. you know the Eastern Seaboard. Yeah, make your money. Be happy with how you make it. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I love that one. And honestly, even back then, some of the way they would smuggle the stuff in, you're just like, who thinks of this? That's genius.
It is. It is. Uh, I think all of us in here watch Sopranos. So uh, Drea D'Amato, she basically, she kind of lost her career, right? She never got the COVID vaccine. She's running out of money. She can't get, can't get a job or whatever. So she said she only had $10 in the bank, was on the verge of losing her home. Then she posted something on OnlyFans, and she goes, it saved us. Mm-hmm. Saved my life 100%. I can't believe I'm saying this, but it really did save us. Uh, she said just five minutes after she posted her first photo, they basically, she's already out of the financial hold. And, and I, you know, I get what she said. She goes, look, anybody that wants to condemn me or put me down for it, go for it. I just hope you never find yourself in a position I was in to take care of two little kids. But why would anyone condemn also, it anyway? Also, I loved her. But, I mean, the she biggest awesome. industry, the biggest awesome entertainment show. industry in the world is porn. But, I mean, by far. So you can have an opinion about it, and, and it's okay, and your opinion is valid, but just know, for most people, it's, it's just part of what the entertainment world Validating is. Validating its cred. Well, it's valid, it's legal, right? And and people are willing to spend money on it. And she looks good for being 52. That's why people are 53? willing to spend money on it. <laughs> I mean, like, look, none of us look good at this age. She does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you believe she was that, that old? I just saw it when I read the story today. I was like, no, oh Drew Barrymore, we're just asking. Right. Thank you. How old did you think you know, she was? You could both no, listen. how old did you, know, you, you think just, she was? You know, she looks yeah. older than Drew Barrymore. I'm sorry. Do you see this thing I have out of you? You're going to suck it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, all right. Then. You're listening to Men's Room. Men's Room returns with Miles and Thrill. Now, let's see what's happening in the real world. All right, here we go. Kellogg's uh, offers up a money-saving advice for parents. Have the kids eat Frosted Flakes at dinner time. Meanwhile, apparently Wendy's customers do not like how prices can sometimes lower, but often climb. FAA gives uh, Boeing 90 days to ensure that doors won't blow off a plane. Why a metal singer was kicked out of a band is truly insane. And in California, it's way too hot for the hot tub. And time for your headlines. Now, it's time to hit the head. Lines. Here's my cock. Again. Mike Hawk down here. He's down in Arizona enjoying the sunshine, some uh, batting practice, little spring league, and also he has... Spring training? Spring training, but he also has... Some, yeah, like he went down there just for BP. He also has some work to do. He does, he does. <laughs> uh, but let's start with this Boeing local company. Boeing must produce within 90 days a plan to face, quote, serious quality and safety issues. I think you might know what they are. The FAA Administrator Mike Whitaker and Boeing CEO Dave Calhoun nailed a day-long conference yesterday where Whitaker made the demands. Now, that meeting came a day after a year-long FAA commission probe. They found a, quote, disconnect between Boeing executives and the employees on safety. It said employees for reassignment or stall career growth for reporting safety issues. So basically, it's this. The executive said, FAA, we're here to say These are the security measures, but never necessarily put that down to the employees that actually make the planes. So the meeting, that preceded the anticipated release of a six-week FAA audit of Boeing's production line. An audit spurred by investigators finding about critical bolts were not installed under Boeing 737 MAX 9 door. We all know about that, blue wide open, etc., Apparently, it was not a one-off. It's something that could happen again. So they have 90 days, three months to at least come up with the recommendations. When those recommendations are implemented, who knows? I will say, like, when we flew back from Germany on that whatever max, that was a nice plane. It is a very nice plane, man. But 
you know, we, at that point, we did not know the bolts may or may not be secured. Yeah. Doors may or may not fly open. You know, just those little things you look at. Now we go to the world of fast food where Wendy's is now pushing back on reports saying it's not going to use surge pricing to up prices in high demand time. So you may have heard that surge pricing is coming to Wendy's. The fast food chain revealed in a recent earnings call that it will start testing, quote, dynamic pricing as soon as next year. Now when rolled out, digital menu boards, they'll reflect the current prices on menu items. Those prices will go up and down as demand goes up and down. Well, Wendy's, they're pushing back in reports on its plans to use dynamic pricing. Quote, they clarify, Wendy's will not implement surge pricing. We did not use that phrase, which is true, nor do we plan to implement that practice. This comes because they're saying there's a miscommunication about what it is they're doing. They're saying this was misconstrued in some media reports as an intent to raise prices when demand is at its highest at our restaurants. We have no plans to do that. We would not raise prices with our customers when they're visiting boats. So basically what Wendy's is saying is our plan is to lower prices when demand is the least, not raise prices when it is the most. Whether that's true or not, we will all It doesn't see. sound like they said that, though. They just said we're not going to raise prices. We're not going to raise prices, but that's their point. We're lowering stuff. Well, they're saying, well, when there's lower demand, we lower the prices. So chili should always be cheaper. Right. When there's a higher demand, we we will not raise it above what it is. That's what they're saying. We will see. I guess part of me is just like, if you're going to lower price, I don't don't know. It seems like maybe word got out that it's dynamic pricing and everybody, like, I don't know. We'll see. I think I agree with you. They yeah. explained. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Hold on. We'll backpedal a little bit. I'm yeah. telling you what they're telling us. We Fair. will see. Fair, right. Yep, yep, yep. Hey, remember, the airline industry said, hey, man, we're going to charge you now for your bags because fuel costs are high. When those prices drop, we'll get rid of the charge. We all called BS. Proven to be true. Yeah. yeah we knew yep. that. Yep. So who knows? We'll see. Here is the craziest story I've ever heard. So we've heard about Pink Floyd, the Ramones, Fleetwood Mac, Van Halen, dysfunctional bands, all this kind of stuff. You have not heard anything like this. There's a hardcore band out of Tennessee, uh, Tennessee named Lorona. And on Sunday, they announced they're parting ways with their lead singer, Diego, because he did something really messed up to another bandmate. That other bandmate goes by the name Six. Diego wanted to steal Six's fiance. So he started dosing Six's uh, drinks with estrogen. Apparently, Diego some kind of job in the fitness or supplement industry. He was providing Six with a pre-workout formula, but he was secretly loading it with estrogen. The man says Diego was, quote, attempting to force a transition onto our singer for five months in hopes that it would give him the opportunity to swoop in once he looks stronger and more manly by comparison. Now, think about this. That's just dumb in general. I want your girlfriend. I'm going to load you up with testosterone. Damn. All right, man. Anyway, we'll see you next time for Big Happy Tubby. Dump it. The, the head chef is back. Sorry. Tons of meat and potatoes. I will see you tomorrow. Yes, indeed. It's all true. In the meantime, we be all about this bitch. So until next time, do what you do best. And for Aletha's sake, stay beautiful. The men's room has been taped before a live studio audience. Wardrobe and makeup provided by Mantel.